Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Welcome back. I'm so glad all of you everyday innovators from across the globe are here for these incredible interviews where we dig into these experiences and these stories and these insights from people who are a lot like you. Now, where they may be different is their everyday innovator style. And so, hey, if you're out there and you're like, tomorrow, what are you talking about? I don't know my innovation style. I don't know how I'm hardwired to innovate or to leverage my natural innovation strengths. Go to our website. Link is in the show note. It's on the Launchtree website. You can go get it there. What I'm excited about for today's interview and our guest is, you know, oftentimes when we think about innovation, not only do we think about it with certain people, but we think about it in the, like, I drove a new product or I created a new system. And what I've really found is that oftentimes innovation starts with a shift in your mindset in how you think about you and the growth that you have. So with that little bit of setup for today's interview, I'm excited to have her on. She's an incredible everyday innovator. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Tell the world a little bit about who you are and the world that you are in. Beautiful. Thank you, Tamara. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Chris Besh. I'm the CEO and founder of Choose People. And it's a workplace culture consultancy that I've had for over a decade and where we really support organizations and creating workplace environments and experiences where people feel like they're known, that they matter, and that they're included. So I love the work that you do. And I want to just, I don't want to waste any time. I want to dig in and get to those nuggets of gold, if that's okay with you. Let's do it. Yeah. So you're an incredible business. You impact a lot of people. How have you recently been thinking about your business and how have you, I don't know if shifted is the right word, but how have you been adjusting to not just catch up, but to really innovate and, and get what you need out of the business and to give what you need to the business? Mm. There's, um, it's interesting, Tamara, that question, there's like, there's a, I can think of like five different ways to go with it. And um, what I think I'd really like to share with your community, um, something that I discovered for myself, and it's it it wasn't this last November. So, uh, of course, people will be listening to, at different times, but it was about a year and a half ago where I had um, this crazy light switch moment, and it impacted like not only like my professional work, but also quite honestly, like my my entire life, like my personal life, like basically just how I show up in the world and who I used to be was someone who got up at 4am, got more done than most people by 8am, like big old, you know, stamp of validation and approval from society. And, um, I was just in this constant state of like accomplishing and doing and getting things done and setting goals and checking them off. And, um, just in this really intense drive mode for years, for years and years. And I, and I did accomplish a lot inside of that, but I never really savored. Like I never really, um, full on enjoyed, celebrated, um, the downtimes even, or even the successes. And there was just something where I had this light switch moment 
where I was like, I'm done proving and I'm also done improving, which may sound really weird inside of innovation because like inside of innovation, it's like, oh, like how can I be better tomorrow than I am today? And like, how can I shift things up? And like, is there a shortcut or is there a new way to think about things? And I still do look for a new way to think about things. And this actually put a whole new lens on how I started to look about things. Cause I was like, okay, I've been like proving and improving for like 47 years, you know? So like, how am I going to do life? If that's like, if I've literally like woken up in the morning, ready to hit the ground running, do a hundred things, the whole nine yards. And, um, I took a step back. I paused. Um, I read a book called the surrender experiment by Michael Singer, which led me to this idea of surrendering and, um, to what I call following the breadcrumbs. And instead of like driving towards something, really allowing for like what shows up as an opportunity in my life, like kind of giving a little bit like surrendering to the universe for what's going to show up in my path and like what's been showing up in the past year and a half, both inside my business and personally has been like mind blowing. It's been amazing because like the universe is like is way bigger, like things can see things for me I can't see for myself. So like if I'm driving towards a goal, it's very locked into my limited thinking of what's possible versus like what's actually possible. And um, so I'll just say like on the business side, like I've been booking more work, higher paid work, clients that are really a good fit, um, getting access to, to new learning communities that have been really powerful for me. On the personal side, I'll just share like my marriage is the best that it's ever been. Like um, the relationships with friends and like my kids and like family is just really transformed. And I've just really gotten to like how important it is for me to focus on who I'm being inside of what I'm doing. And uh, kind of the mantra that I've that I've stuck with um, for a year and a half now is surrender, savor, and serve. And it's, um, it's just made a huge, it's been, it's been mind blowing. It's been incredible. Like it feels like innovation on like on steroids or something. I don't know. It's been amazing. And I'm so, and I, I'm loving my life, like at this really deep, juicy level that I, I just, I never paused before there wasn't, I wasn't taking time for reflection. I wasn't you know, it was just like drive, drive. And I didn't realize there was like this low level of anxiety that was driving that around like survival and proving. And, um, you know, I never would have thought of myself as an anxious person. Like I never would have self like, no, I'm, I'm just, just kick ass tomorrow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, just take names, numbers, you know? And, and it's just, it, it's so freeing to be in such a different like flow state. Um, and I'll just share one other thing inside of that. It uh, When I had that light switch moment, I was both incredibly grateful for having had it because I was like, wow, I really could have lived the rest of my life inside of that other context. But then I also kind of mourned that I'd spent 47 years, you know, inside of that context um, rather than in this state where there's just a lot, there's a lot more ease. And ironically, there's a lot more velocity. Like I actually, things get done in this like really beautiful, um, there's just an ease around it. I don't know how, again, I'm not quite sure how to give word to it. 
So I have so many questions for you, Chris. And first of all, thank you for sharing that. I love that we're having a conversation, not about the doing, but about the being. And that that was your innovation, right? Is moving from doing a person of doing to a person of being. And, and I do think the greatest success comes from when we work on ourselves first and the greatest creativity, greatest innovation, because it unlocks so much in us and so much potential and opportunity and just ability to see things clearly and differently. I want to go back for a second. There's a couple of questions I have for you. I want to go back for a second and talk about the productivity and like the I'm up by four and I'm because, you know, I'm a, as you know, I'm a type A person wrapped up in a free, wait, how do I say it? I'm a free spirit wrapped up in a type A personality. That's what I say. And so, but, but I'm very much about the, like, in fact, I was just making a whole list of all the things I have to get done by noon on Sunday. Cause that's what I transitioned for vacation. Right. So, and I've got my personal list, I've got my professional list and like got everything mapped out. So the type A person in me is like panicked by what you're saying. And the free spirit in me is like, please, could you calm this woman down and give her space? Right. So, but what I'm curious about is in that productivity, did you hit a ceiling where you felt like in this way of being, I can only accomplish so much. Or I've hit my max. Like I can't, not only do I not want to keep going with a level of anxiety, we don't want that, but also I've hit a max output or success or result that I can't get if I keep down this path. And maybe that's not true, but I guess when I think about like, when I want to make a big transition in my life, whether that's work, life, personal, professional, I also really, I come to the realization that I need to change how I'm doing things, right? How I'm being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, um, you know, I wish I could point to like why the light switch moment was gifted to me. Like why, how, like what led to that, even being able to see that, um, and I, I, I can't say that, like, I had this moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm the lid on my life. Like I'm the one who's defining the boundaries of what's possible and defining these goals and inside of that and limiting myself. Like I can say that now I can see that now, but I couldn't, I couldn't see it. Um, I didn't see it in the moment. I will share with you having been again, <laughs> very type a, a type A, and there's still parts of me that are type A, but um, like being able to be with incompletions and, and holding space for like what matters most right now, which, um, I just recently discovered a gentleman by the name of Dr. Danny Friedland, who actually died in early November. He's no longer with us, but through another colleague, um, learned about him and he would always ask the question he would ask is what matters most right now. And we create our to-do lists inside of like things that we want to get done, but those don't necessarily match with what matters most right now. And so, so like in prioritizing, um, because right, right. Like all we have is there's, you know, I always like to say inside my work, there's no such thing as time management, you know, a minute's going to go by right now, whether I manage it or not, but like all we have is priority management and being able to be with, like I'm feeding the priorities that may mean that I don't get that, that other thing done. Like I may not get the dopamine hit of checking it off the list and like feeling accomplished in that moment, but I know who I was before I could have checked a hundred things off that list. And I would still go to bed feeling like I hadn't gotten enough done versus now, like my, my life, my daily life experience is just so rich 
in my conversations and my interactions with people and the, you know, what I'm able to create for my clients and interactions with my beloved and with my kids. Like it just, I do put my head, you know, most days, you know, when my head goes on the pillow, it feels like a day well lived. And, um, like I really couldn't ask for anything else. So, so yeah. I, I, I love what you just said about there's no, there's really no time management. And one of the habits I've gotten into recently is writing down above my to-do list is what's the one thing that would make me feel successful today. And that's the one thing I focus on and the other stuff, if it gets done great, but it doesn't always, but that one thing makes me feel good. Cause I did it. And sometimes it's per- professional. Sometimes it's personal. Actually, it depends something I need to get done in my like training or whatever. Um, but I think you're right. Like the time kind of goes by whether you like it or not. So the priorities matter more than the time management. Um, and that's an interesting kind of creative way, I think, to look at it. I want to get uh, tangible with you for a second. So I love this shift that you're sharing. And, and I think it will give a lot of us something to think about. How has that changed? So you talked a little bit about this, about being present and kind of not having a time management list, so to speak. And how in other ways has that changed your habits or behaviors or even your mindset on a daily basis? Yeah. So to be clear, I still map out my day, like just for clarity's sake, for those of you like inside of hours, because I have meetings and I have, you know, deliverables and, and those sorts of things. So I still map out my day. It's not that I don't map it out. Um, but I'm, again, probably the biggest daily practice is like, I know I I said it and it sounds weird, but like I can actually be with incompletions because I'm up to like a big life. And so there's going to be things I don't get done that don't get completed in the timeframe that ideally would like to get them done in. And I, I can hold space for that versus before, you know, I would either beat myself up or I would feel like, Oh my gosh, I didn't get that done. Or, and like, I just don't have that heaviness. Like I, I got, I get done what I get done and I don't get done what I don't get done. And like, I can, I don't know, like it just, it gives more breathing space. Um, so I don't know if that's, if that's helpful as far as, and I, um, again, just whatever the priorities are is what, what like top one to three priorities for the day. And like, I'll have, of course, I'll have like the 20 other things if I magically have some extra space and time, but like, I just don't worry about it the way I used to before. It would like nag me. It would ping me. And now it doesn't. It's like, I'll get to it when I get to it. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff Zoe is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition. And I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. 
We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. Maybe, Chris, I needed to have this interview with you so I could hear all this because I am I am like up all night panicked about all the things I didn't get done. Um, and then, you know, you wake up the next morning and you didn't sleep. So that doesn't help because then you're in this cycle of not being fully energized to get it done. And I'm a big fan of sleep. And as you know, I'm a big fan of napping. Like I am up at 4 a.m. because I go to the gym. So by three o'clock, like my head needs to hit the pillow for 20 minutes, whether I like it or not. It's like, I love it. Actually, it makes me feel so much better in the evening. And you talked a little bit about presence too. And I, I think in the last two years, it's one thing I learned that that like, you don't get that back. So if you're not present in the moment, you, you'll never get those moments back. And um, being present actually makes you more productive and more creative or innovative on the back end than not. And just sitting here and mulling over and not being present with people, I don't think does. And, you know, um, someone asked me the other day, they said, you know, they were listening to podcasts and they said, you know, you're really good at calling back what people said and digging in. How do you remember it? And I said, well, I don't know that it's, I remember it. I think it's that I'm so present in the conversation and so focused on the person that it, it sticks with me. I don't, I don't think I'm over here, like jotting down notes, remembering what you said. I think it's just, you said it and it hit me because I'm not looking at anything else and thinking about anything else besides what you're saying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, and tomorrow you are like part of the I mean, part of what I love about you is that you are like right here, right now with me in this experience, having this exchange, sharing this moment with me. You're not, um, we all have those moments, right? Like you're there and then like, oh, I got to pick up, I got to pick up, you know, (laughs) apples or something, you know, like something pops in. But, but for the most part, yeah, that really like the whole idea of like be here now, oh, like to really take that on as a practice. It's powerful. And you want to talk about flow state. That's it. Yeah. Totally agree with you on that. It's totally what leads to flow state. We don't give it enough uh, kudos. And I wish I had not thought it was just lip service as a younger person. I wish I'd realized this sooner to your point about like, you know, God, you're like, I'm 49 years old. I'm only now like, oh, I should be present in the moment. <laughs> and and, and oh, yeah. oh, good to yeah. know. And that present isn't just about when I'm with my kids. That matters too, but also in my work. Like it matters across everything, I think. And it's made me to your point about velocity. So um, that's actually the other question I want to ask you before I get on about challenges. You had said more ease and velocity. Will you speak a little bit to that? Because I don't think we often think of those two as going together. And I want to break that myth a little bit. 
Yeah. So, so one of the things that I've been finding in my work is um, I used to be like, I'm going to do this thing from this time to this time. Like I'm blocking out time to do this thing from this time to this time. And I would muscle my way through it. Like whatever it was that I said I was going to do, I said, I was going to do it at that time. I'm doing that. And now um, I really look to see like, oh, that might need to marinate. Like, I, I don't really have, I don't really know what I want to say about that right now. I don't really know how I'm going to approach that quite yet, or I don't really, and it would help to sleep on it or walk my dog on it or to do, do another work activity that does feel right for right now. Um, so that like, because when things do marinate and, uh, I don't know about you, but like, let's say I want to write a thought leader piece right? Or I want to write a creative piece. If I muscle my way through it, it takes way longer. It's not nearly as good. It's not nearly as good. And then, but then you'll have this moment, you're like, dang, 15 minutes. And that was brilliant. Like, it's just like, whoo, now, now not all things can be moved in that way, right? Like you're not going to move a client meeting because you're not, you're not in your client mode. Feeling the mojo. (laughs) Yeah. Like you show up, you show up, but there is, um, there is a piece around that of like where you can create flow for yourself in space rather than like, if you're muscling through something and even like, if you're muscling through something and like, stop, give yourself 20 minutes to shift your brain. You know, this around innovation, you talk about this, right? You shift your brain to some totally non-related activity. And then, and then you come back and it's, it just shifts from being this like, Oh, I got to grindstone it kind of thing. And there's more ease with it and, and more velocity, like it goes quicker. You know, so just the other day I was sitting, I was, I needed to write a new blog and do a new kind of PDF download, like a bonus thing for my website. And I could not, I just, I was staring at the blank screen. I just, I could not figure it out. I kept getting distracted by emails intentionally, I'm sure. Right. I just like, I couldn't get, I couldn't figure it out. And then I was like this, I, and I was really angry at myself because I felt like I was procrastinating. And I think after a couple hours of just not getting to it and just not making it happen, I went off and I think, I don't know, I did the dishes. I took a shower. I don't know, whatever it was. It was like everything but that and anything worked. And when I was in the shower, I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. Right. And then I sat back down at my desk and, and to your point in 15 minutes, I, I busted it out and it was really good. And I was like, yes. And like, this is it. But, but I realized to your point, I was making myself feel really bad for not having the answer here and, and needing to do some other things to get to the answer here. And I, I think we often forget how much percolating is part of the process. Um, and then that's okay. And that's not you procrastinating or slacking off. That's actually your brain doing what it needs to do so that when you get to it, you get to it right now. I had to finish it that day. Like I had a deadline. It wasn't like I could just like decide when I wanted to do it. But the time I originally set aside to do it didn't work for me. And I had to, it just, it didn't happen that way. And I think that's why we often have ideas when we're in the shower, cleaning, running, driving, right? It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And there might even, one of the things I found too, inside of what you're sharing is um, I can disrupt my procrastination sooner because I'm not muscling through and I'll be like, okay, I need a 15 minute break or I need 15 minutes to, to shift and then come back to this because it does like the, something will connect, <laughs> like something will spark that like when you, when you just get that little bit of space from it. So I love how you just said 
I disrupt my procrastination faster. And so I just want to take a pause on that for all of us everyday innovators out there. Think about that for a second. Like walking away for a minute actually disrupts the, the procrastination faster than if you just sat there and tried to muscle through it. So I think that's a huge insight that I'm going to take away of like, I'm going to, do, and I think it disrupts your brain. You know, like how Tony Robin, Robin oh my gosh, can I say his name? Tony <laughs> Robbins talks about, you know, with kind of the neuro-linguistic programming, like you kind of shock the system a little bit out of its kind of that hamster wheel that it's on. I love that. So I, I have to say, I just, I want to, before I ask my next question, I want to highlight your everyday innovator style because it's so present in how you're talking. And it's so great, I think, um, Chris, I just have to say, I, I think that this shift that you've made has actually unlocked more of that strength that you had in you with the innovation too, in your style. So the, it's, you're an inquisitive instinctual. So innovation for inquisitives is in the questions, not the answer. It's all about that percolation. It's all about digging and challenging assumptions and asking why and asking how come. And then the instinctual is all about connecting dots in new and meaningful ways. So more circuitous path of thinking. It's all about like taking all this data that seems random to most of us and actually making meaning out of it. So the combination is deep and connective innovation. And as I hear you talking about being okay with incompletion, about, you know, sitting in inquiry a little bit longer, about like letting things come together. That is, it's kind of cool. Like that is exactly that instinctual inquisitive style inside of you. It's really cool to see. Oh, that is so cool. Thank you. Thanks for like bringing that together. Yeah. So the thing I wanted to ask you about next is what is a challenge that you have faced and how have you overcome it? Yeah. So I will share that, um, I, um, me along with everyone else, right. Got hit by COVID, uh, in my, inside of my work. Um, I'm someone who did like, everything was pretty much on site prior to COVID, uh, either with teams or whether I was keynoting conferences or, you know, and, and part of what the work that we do here at Choose People is that we talk about creating the social super glue amongst teams of camaraderie, team cohesion, and emotional intimacy. And there's, there was this piece of like trying to figure out how to translate some of those experiences that we we would create for teams and that we would create at conferences where people would get to experience that into an online, you know, into a virtual online experience. And oh my gosh, Tamara, like it, like, Oh, like such a challenge. Like, just like tried this, tried that, just kept stuttering, if you will. Um, had like still had success with my clients, but not at the the depth and ease and velocity going back to that that um I was used to. And uh one of the things that I I just highly, you know, one of the things that I lean on tremendously for my own innovation is learning communities. And so I'm always working on my own development. Um, and so there's been um, a couple of groups, a couple of learning communities that I've really gotten to know during the pandemic. And one has really helped me look at more of this like developmental way of learning and creating these regenerative systems for organizations where it's less like poising me as the expert and kind of the sage from the stage and that whole idea of like, being a guide from the side and really supporting, bringing together collective wisdom. So that's like one learning community that I've been participating in. And then the other learning community I've been participating in actually does that developmental type of learning, but they've 
they've cracked the code, if you will, on how to do that in an online virtual environment. And so I'm now like, I'm now ambidextrous, you know, with my clients where I'm like, it can be online, it can be on site, like either way, like it's going to be amazing. Like your team's going to gel. And it's like, it feels so good because before, you know, I'd be like, do you want to do it on site? <laughs> you know, like fingers and toes crossed. Please. <laughs> didn't really work great either because everyone's got their masks on and like, you can't see the faces and, and the emotional pieces. And, and so now it just feels so great to be able to say like, like, and it was a tech leap for me, which is not my strong suit. It's not, you know, I'm resistant when it comes to tech and, and, uh, have been. I was. Now I'm, I'm embracing it more and just really seeing um, how how really it can help me expand my impact and my work so that, again, I don't have to be on site uh, with a team to be able to have the same impact. Um, Will you just give us one nugget of how you make that happen? Uh, yeah, let me see. So one of the biggest nuggets is um, supporting teams and doing reflection around a topic before you're diving into the topic so that they're uncovering their own background, like their own lens and perspective that they have about the topic before you're even sharing it with them. Um, And again, bringing that collective wisdom of those perspectives and then offering kind of the new or another way or an innovative way that they can take what they've already had and then like integrate. And it's, it's just so much more experiential. So they're coming to this session live or virtual with more thought around whatever the topic is, more reflection around the topic so that it's really richer no matter what the environment is. Yes. So, and I, and I, going back to kind of the being and doing, one of the things that I think is sorely missing for many organizations is taking time to reflect. And so providing that space and time for reflection um, is something that my clients have really been like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful because um, you can see things, right? Like if you just keep going and you never look back, like you can't see, you can't, there's no pause on like what worked, what didn't work, how do we, you know, what do we want to take with us? What do we want to leave behind? Um, what are some other ways to look at this if you're just, again, just driving? Well, you know, I'll tell you, I just got off a call the other day with a, a discovery call for a client that I'm doing a strategic offsite for. Our focus is innovation. And yeah, and the great team of people. And But one of them said to me, because um, I said, is there something I, I didn't ask you, but I should know? Mm. And Oh, I love that question. Yeah, it's a great one well, because I think people have stuff on their mind that is sitting there, but they just need a moment. A I'm writing that to, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they need a reason to share that with you. If you just say, "What did I didn't ask you that you know you think I should know?" It gives them a chance to say that thing that's like the elephant in the room that I didn't specifically ask, but they want me to know. You know, without them having to be like, "Tomorrow you missed something." Yeah. So I asked him that question. He said, "Well, I'll tell you this." He said, "In in past retreats, we have really um, walked away with big easel pads of stuff to do and." it's exhausting. And I would be very mindful to not have us walk out of this retreat with more stuff to do. We're already understaffed and overwhelmed. So like we can't possibly do more. He goes, I'm not saying if the right innovation comes along, we won't put our effort into it. I'm just saying like, just be mindful. That's been a challenge in the past where we walk away with these, you know, long documents and whatever. 
And it just really kind of took me back to what a little bit with what you're saying of like how important reflection time is, conversation time is, being present time is. And maybe it's it's actually this conversation and that one is making me rethink like how I want to do the day because maybe this is not all about innovation forward. Maybe that innovation happens in the reflection too. Oh yeah. And I and and inside of what you're sharing, because there are so many teams that are understaffed, overwhelmed have too much to do, you know, that whole idea of like, what's the 20% that gives us 80% of the outcomes. I mean, that's a reflection and where it's like, how could we be doing less? And then who could we be being inside of what we're doing? That is what bridges that impact. Because, you know, that whole idea of like, you have a customer service person who answers the phone and they're like, I answered, you know, 50 calls today and they've done the thing, but who are they being? Right. Well, they're doing those it. Calls. Yeah. 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 Was it something that has like your customers be excited to engage with your organization? Or was it like, check it off the list, get it done. What do you need, lady? You know what? I, I'm just going to add to this. And I want to ask you the last two questions before we run out of time. I would say that part of the challenge, if you're a leader out there of any kind and you want to drive presence in your organization, think about the metrics you use too, because like, for example, a lot of customer service people are measured by the number of calls that they take. Yeah. So a lot of people are measured by the number of products that got sold, right? So when you look at the measurements we put on ourselves and on the people around us, they drive a little bit of that check off the list mentality. So we're putting that in people too. Um, I just want to throw that out there because I know I've done a lot of work customer service in particular, but it's like, it's hard, you know, you're, you ask people to be present and to really engage with the people on the other side, yet you measure me on volume. And that's a that's a tough one to balance. So Chris, this has been absolutely incredible. I can't believe we're out of time. I got two last questions for you. Yes. One is, as an instinctual inquisitive, what advice do you have for other everyday innovators of all types who are looking to maybe level up to this being place and not so much the doing place? Oof. Um, well, let me just say my advice around innovation. And I'll see if I can think from the doing to the being. So the learning communities, bar none, like get yourself in community with people who are also committed to up-leveling the work, right, that you're doing. Um, So learning communities, and then to go from doing to being, you know, probably it's pause, pausing and reflecting and looking for yourself, like how can you get away from that, that hamster wheel to-do list, frenetic, like trying to check all the things off and really asking yourself, like what matters most right now? What matters most today? And then fulfilling on that and feeling fulfilled within that. Well, that's the hard part, I think, is the feeling of fulfillment. And that is great advice. So the last question I have for you is personal. Yes. What's one thing we'd be surprised to learn about you? Oh, um, I think people sometimes are surprised. I love to dance. I'm a crazy dude. I love to dance. Oh my gosh. I love to dance. I like ecstatic freeform uh, dance is just like such a great outlet for me. And I love that there's nothing to think. There's nothing to say. <laughs> like it's, and I, I just feel um, it's just, it's just so fully self-expressed. So yeah, that might be something people might not know about me. And so if you don't know what it is, go look up ecstatic dance because it's not, it's different. It's very tribal is how I would describe the music, I think. Mm. 
anything like very like music of the universe yeah yeah it varies from place to place but yeah, yeah. i can't I see us but we're, we're both shaking the body music, like you gotta like universe. Move. yeah 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 uh chris this has been amazing thank you so much i think both for sharing um about innovation but also kind of the personal side of transformation like like i said in the opener i think a lot of innovation starts with how we approach the world and so kudos to you for making that big leap because um, it can be scary and kind of sharing the how it's worked for you and and the journey along the way. Oh, Tamara, thank you so much for having me. Like always such a pleasure to get to be with you. So thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.